The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Why do I repeat that every week? Well, repetition is supposed to help it get ingrained in your mind. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Probably more accurate than I'm trying to remind myself the name of the show and who we're doing it for, but that's another story for another time. It's good to be with you. This is episode 23 of the show, and uh, this one is a special one to me, and I hope it will be to you as well. This show is airing on our 12 Affiliates Live on Sunday, June the 11th, 2023. Yesterday, June the 10th, was the 11th anniversary of my salvation. On June 10th of 2012, I quit running from Jesus and gave my life to him. And obviously, it's the best thing that I've ever done and has made just a 180-degree turn in where I was headed, what I was doing, and the person that I was. He's still molding me, still shaping me into the final version of the person that I'm becoming and that finality will come when we are all with him in heaven one day, those of us who have accepted him. But he's still molding me and shaping me. But I can promise you that my life is so radically different now from what it was 11 years ago prior to June 10th of 2012, and it's all because of Jesus Christ. So what I'm going to do today And if God blesses this show and this ministry and allows us to be on the air moving forward for several years, the airing of the episode closest to June 10th every year, I'm going to share my testimony. And that's what we're going to do today. You're going to hear a talk that I gave back on May the 7th of this year at Davidson Street Baptist Church in Clinton, South Carolina. You'll hear that when we come back after you hear this from Grand Slam Ministries. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways. Through this radio show and its accompanying online, digital, and video components. Through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org. And through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help this program remain on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, Your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website at grandslamministries.org 
and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. Above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless. Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, back to the show. We are back. It is episode 23 of the Dan Scott Show. And we are going to get right into this because uh, it's a little lengthy. But as mentioned yesterday, June the 10th, for those of you who are listening to this live, was the 11th anniversary of me giving my life to Jesus Christ. And I want to share my testimony with you and do it in a talk that I gave at Davidson Street Baptist Church in Clinton, South Carolina, back on May the 7th of this year. It opens, as you will hear, with the radio call that I made of Furman stunning Virginia in the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament in mid-March. Why does it open that way? Well, listen afterwards and you'll find out. Clark gets it in, gets it back with 10. Clark double teamed along the baseline, throws it up the floor, intercepted by Heen. Pegues for three and the win. He got it with 2.2 to go. 68-67 Paladins. Virginia calls its final timeout. They get it into Beekman on the right side. His three on the way. No! No! And Furman wins it! Furman wins it! J.P. Pegues getting mobbed by his teammates right here in front of us. The Paladins win it. 68-67. And knock Virginia out of the tournament. Furman's first appearance since 1980 will not be one and done. Tom Van Hoy, look at this scene here on the floor. See, preachers aren't the only one who can get a little wound up from time to time. I played that video or had them play the video for a a couple of reasons. Number one, God allowed me to have that moment and I'm trying to figure out the best way to use it moving forward for gospel-centered conversations to open some doors. Secondly, for about 48 hours after that moment, my life was a whirlwind because I did seven interviews on radio the next day, two of them national shows. CBS opened its NCAA tournament coverage with my call of that moment the next two days. And then amazingly, after 48 hours, nobody knew I existed. (laughs) And that's just a reminder that we are to seek the praise of God and not the praise of men. And the third reason that I wanted to open with that this morning is just a reminder. We're going to talk about this a little bit today. That's what I do, but it's not who I am. And it took me a long time, Kenny, to separate those. And it's still a struggle from time to time. But it is, it is great to be here. Um, you have no idea how my heart jumped when there was an actual prayer at the altar. Because that's what I grew up with. 
every service, coming to the altar and, and praying before the, the, the preacher, usually my dad would preach. He pastors and still is pastoring. He's 75 years old, been doing it for over 50 years. And um, it, it, we just don't see that enough in my estimation anymore. So it's great to be here. I think Kenny gave you the, the rundown of what I'm doing now, running my mouth for a living. I was voted the loudest in my class as a sixth grader, so I went with my strength, obviously. And uh, I've been at Furman just wrapping up my 12th year. I was at Clemson uh, before that, did a, did, a, <laughs> did a talk show for uh, three hours a day for 11 years, did Clemson baseball, network uh, football, studio host shows. And um, as, uh, as Kenny mentioned, I'm in my fifth season now as the voice of the Greenville Drive. I found it interesting that when I came into the parking lot this morning, there's a car sitting right out there, and it's got a Gamecock flag out of one window and a Clemson flag out of another window. And if that's, if that's not an indication that Jesus can bring enemies together, <laughs> here we are today, and you've got a Furman guy talking to all of you. How about that? In the interest of full disclosure, though, I was not Kenny's first choice to be here today. When it came time to, to fill this spot, um, he was looking around and he said, I want to get the best, the most dynamic speaker that I can get. And he called the guy and the guy said, no. He said, well, if I can't get the best or the most dynamic, let's get the most entertaining guy that we can find. And he called that guy and he said, no. He said, well, if I can't get the best, the most entertaining, let's at least get somebody reasonably good looking. He said, well, it'll scare these people to death. So he called that guy and he said, no. So it's been, I don't know, two months ago that, that Kenny reached out and asked if I would come and, and speak here today. And I felt bad because I'd already turned him down three times. <laughs> okay. All right. You got it. This is going to be a good crowd today. As a launching point this morning, I want to read Luke chapter 12, verse 2. And as we go on, you'll see why this verse is relevant. Luke 12, 2 says, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Now, I mentioned my dad, the pastor. Uh, and, and everything he's done for over 50 years. So you know, Kenny, that he loves it when I stand behind a pulpit in a church and quote Van Halen. <laughs> but there's a line in one of their songs that says, only time will tell if we stand the test of time. And, and that's pretty deep if you think about it in and of itself, and especially deep coming from a rock and roll band. But men and women, aren't you glad today that the one who truly stands the test of time is the one who transcends time? Amen. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, His Word never loses relevance. The applications from the Bible are just as timely today as they were when they were written under, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So I want to spend a few minutes this morning sharing some thoughts on one of my favorite Bible stories and one of my favorite messages that Billy Graham ever preached. And it's about the life of Solomon. Solomon, as you know, was the son of King David and succeeded him as the king of Israel. And, and you recall that when Solomon ascended to the throne, I think he was about 22 years old, that God spoke to him and said that he would grant him anything that he asked for. 
Whatever Solomon asked for, God's going to give him. Now, he asked Dan Scott that, man, I got a list, right? But Solomon, to his credit, asked for what? Wisdom, exactly. And God, who we know always keeps his promises, granted that request. And because Solomon did not ask for money and power and all of those other things, anything selfish, God gave him all of those things. How smart was Solomon? 1 Kings 4.30, we read that Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. Rulers came from all over the world to speak with Solomon because word of his wisdom had traveled and they all came away mesmerized. The Queen of the South, in fact, said that only half of Solomon's wisdom was told. Solomon became the richest man who ever lived. The Bible says that his yearly take in gold was 666 talents, and by some estimates, that's worth more than a billion dollars in today's economy. He had over 40,000 horses. The throne that he sat on was made of solid ivory overlaid with pure gold. He built the most spectacular temple of worship that was ever constructed. In fact, it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It took 150,000 men seven years to build that temple, and he overlaid the temple with pure gold, including the floor. Kenny, you want to get your finance committee on that? See if they can get that done in here. He built incredible gardens. He ate the most exotic foods. He drank the finest wines from golden cups. He was the greatest military leader in the world. No foreign power dared to attack him because of the military strength that Israel had at the time. And in modern terminology, was Solomon a player? 700 wives and 300 concubines. And for you young people here, concubine is a biblical word for mistress or side hustle. 1,000 women to do Solomon's every bidding, sexual or otherwise. So Solomon, men and women, had it all. He had it all. And you'd think because of that, he would have been the happiest and the most satisfied person on earth. Wouldn't you? But you know what? He wasn't. Read the book of Ecclesiastes sometimes. Solomon lays out everything that I've just told you. He had every material and sensual pleasure known to man. And yet at the end of it all, what did he say? Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. He said it was all meaningless. It was a bubble that burst. None of it meant anything. And we have to ask ourselves why. Why did he come to that conclusion? Because in the process of gaining all of those things, he lost the most important thing, his relationship with God. So I read the story about Solomon and and listen to Billy Graham's message, and, and I find myself kind of unwittingly nodding my head in agreement because I can relate. I, I mentioned my dad being the pastor. I grew up in a Christian home, just like Solomon. 
And, and it's the old pastor's son joke, Kenny. I, I joke about having a drug problem. Every time the church doors were open, I was drug inside. <laughs> hey, there's some people who've never heard that before. How about that? <laughs> I had the proper upbringing. I knew right from wrong. I saw firsthand what a Christian marriage was supposed to be between my dad and my mom. And yet in my own marriage as a husband and father, I failed miserably over and over again. Folks, sin ruled and almost ruined my life. Solomon, as we detailed, tried it all. And as I got older, I tried as much of it as I could. And I'm going to be a little frank here. Money was a problem. At one stretch of the old radio talk show days, I was making close to $90,000 a year. That may not be a lot of money to some of you, but it was a lot to me, and it still is. And I'm not making anywhere near that much now. Thank God he's taught me to live with what I need instead of what I want. But I made that much money, and yet there were many months that we couldn't make the house payment. Why? Because I was wasting it. I was trying to find something to satisfy me, to fill that hole in my heart. I drank too much. It's not a joking matter, but I used to joke that it got to the point that I was spelling drink with a U instead of an I. I battled an addiction to pornography that got worse and worse and worse every single day day, every week, every month, every year. That's one of those things that when it starts, there's no going back. I'm ashamed to say that I cheated on my wife, Angela, multiple times, physically and emotionally. The one barrier, a rare barrier that I put up in front of myself, drug joke aside, I, I did not have an issue with drugs. I tried marijuana three times in my life. The first two times did nothing to me. The third time, the effect was so great that I swore I'd never do it again. I had small town celebrity status because of the, the radio show and, and the Clemson baseball games that I was doing. You know, it's funny, Kenny, when people start telling you you're good at something, it doesn't take you too long to start to believe them, you know? And I was preparing for a talk at another church back in November, and my daily Bible reading that day had me in the book of Jude. I won't ask you if you know how many chapters there are in Jude. But Jude 1.16 is as good a description of the person I was that I could ever find. And, and I make my living with words, okay? The, the spoken word, and for 10 years of my life, 11 years of my life, the, the printed word. I was a sports editor and sports writer. That's how I make my living. But the Bible describes me better than anything I could have come up with. Listen to what Jude 1.16 says. This is the New King James Version. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts as they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. I stand here before you today, men and women, telling you that was me. So I tried all of that stuff, but none of it satisfied me. And you go back to my childhood to start piecing some, some things together about my personality and who I was and, and why I was the way I was. When I was 
somewhere in the neighborhood of seven or eight years old, and I told you I was going to be frank with you this morning, I was sexually abused by a group of older boys who lived in the neighborhood where my grandmother did for an extended period of time until one man found out about it and had the courage to speak up, and he put a stop to it. And I didn't realize it then, but it had a tremendous effect on me that I, and, and I would not really deal with it until much later as an adult. It warped my view of sex, but it also contributed to massive insecurity that plagued me all of my school years. And, and to a certain extent, at times, I still deal with it today, which surprises people because of my job and doing things like this. Thank God that he's a strength that I don't have. Amen. For much of the first 22 years of my marriage, I was living a double life. I had developed dual personalities. My favorite television show was MASH, and I became very much like Hawkeye Pierce. Any MASH fans in the house? What a great show. But I became like Hawkeye Pierce. Loud, wisecracking, practical joker that kept the public persona here so nobody could see what was going on in here. Out here was Dan Scott. And as long as people saw this guy, nobody saw Daniel. Dan Scott was doing all of those Great community events we did on the, the radio show when I was at Clemson, and we did. We raised, in the 11 years I was on the air, we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for different charities and individuals and Christmas projects. Put a homeless family in a home one time. It was amazing. We impacted the community in positive ways. That was Dan Scott. All that was going on. While it was going on behind the scenes, Daniel was doing all that other stuff that I talked about, living that double life, searching for peace. But like Solomon, men and women, none of it mattered. Nothing that I tried filled that Jesus-shaped hole in my heart. The emptiness was still there, and, and it, it was just eating me up. On the inside. To the outside world, I was a great husband and father. Upstanding member of the community. But see, they couldn't see what was going on in here. They couldn't see that Angela and I were not communicating. They couldn't see that I was not modeling what a Christian father looks like to my two daughters. I couldn't. They couldn't see the nights that I, I literally lay in my bed crying. Looking for a way out of the mess that I had made of my life. But you know what's interesting? Proverbs is right. I mean, come on, the Bible always is, right? Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. All that time, young people, listen to me. All that time, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, I knew that I was wrong. I knew I needed Christ in my life. I knew I needed to change. But see, Satan is devious. And this ain't his first rodeo. And I've never had the opportunity to hear Kenny preach, so I don't know how often he reminds you of that. But I, in a lot of our churches, unfortunately, we don't even mention Satan's name anymore. 
He's real. He's powerful. And He wants to take as many people to hell with Him as He can take because He knows that's where He's going. And the illustration that I like to use is that He'll keep giving you rope. This thing keeps falling off. You think you're having a good time. And and with me, you want to go drink? Here's some rope. You want to look at something on the computer that you're not supposed to look at? Here you go. You want to mess around with another man's wife? Here's some rope. Go ahead. And the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. But there's always a day of reckoning. And thank God for me, my day of reckoning came here and not standing before Him at judgment. We'll get to that in a minute. But He keeps giving you rope and He keeps giving you rope and the next thing you know, He's got you bound hand and foot. And there's nothing within your human strength that you can do to break the bonds of that rope. And I tried. Oh, I tried. I was so racked by guilt. I tried to quit drinking and I would have some success for a while and he would tug on that rope and he'd pull me back in. I would tell myself, I'm not looking at that stuff on the computer anymore. And I would have a small time of success and then he would, "Mm." and there I'd be right in front of it again. And I used to have these imaginary conversations in my head with the devil and, and he would say, you know what, you're right. You do need to give your life to Christ. Make no mistake, folks. Satan knows who Jesus is. The Bible says he knows who he is. And and the Bible says that Satan knows the Word of God, too. Because when he tempted Christ in the desert, what did he do? He twisted words. He knew them well enough to twist them. And the next time your daily devotional reading has you in Deuteronomy and you roll your eyes, oh, we've got to get through this book, just remember those are the verses that Christ used to come back to the devil when he quoted Scripture out of Deuteronomy. But he would say, you do need to give your life to Christ. But to do that, you're going to have to tell your wife what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your children what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your church, I was going to church. You're going to have to tell your radio audience, your parents. Everybody's going to know what a fraud you've been. And are you ready for that to happen? And unfortunately and and sadly for a long time, the answer to that question was no. But aren't you glad that we have a God who pursues us? And when I say pursues... Folks, he pulled the rug out from under me, cartoon style. Sent me flipping head over heels. He knew I was not going to tell everybody what I've been doing, so he did it for me in rapid succession. I lost my talk show. I lost the baseball broadcasting job. I lost my status in the community. My double life was found out by my wife and my kids. He exposed me to the world. It happened twice. December 23rd to 2011 is when it blew up the first time. And my wife and I started going to counseling after that. And I told her, and this is the providence of God, I I said, the only way, I wasn't a Christian, I said, the only way I'll go to counseling is if we can find a Christian counselor. 
And I said, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I thought, Kenny, that we wouldn't find one or what, but daggone it, we did. <laughs> Wonderful lady named Kim McManus who had such a, a great role in, in, in following God's plan for our life. But during that time, that next six months, I was continuing to be a knucklehead. We'd come out of a counseling session and I would go drink or I would go do the other stuff. And then finally on June 9th of 2012, it blew up again. And this time, it was for real. My daughters were disgusted with me. They left the house. My wife, Angela, she had gone as far as she could go. There was a line that was drawn in the sand. And we all have these indelible moments. I'll never forget this. My oldest daughter was getting married in six weeks. And she goes tearing out of the house, gets in her car. Our driveway slopes down to the road. She got down to the bottom of the driveway. She slammed on the brakes, threw it in the park flung the door open, she marched herself back up the driveway and she pointed her finger in my face and she said, you can forget about walking me down the aisle. Got in her car and went on to her fiancé's house. I was on the verge of losing everything and everybody that I loved. I had hit bottom. But see, sometimes that's what it takes. Because, folks, I got so low that the only place I could look was up. And when I did, that's when I saw Jesus. And he was standing there with his arms wide open. Saying, son, come home. Come home. June 10th of 2012, the next day, sitting in my parents' living room. I gave my life to Christ. And it's the best decision that I've ever made. He forgave me. He changed me. Do you people hear what I'm saying? He forgave me. And nothing Satan says or does can change that. And I hear people say all the time, well, I know God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. And, and I just want to grab him, Kenny, and, and shake him and say, come on, you're telling me that your standards are higher than God's? If God's forgiven you, men and women, boys and girls, you're forgiven. That's right. No matter what Satan says, no matter what lies he throws at you, you're forgiven. Now, I'd like to tell you that in the almost 11 years since giving my life to Christ, that life has been trouble-free, without a care in the world. But the Christian life doesn't work that way. Can I get a witness? Don't let anyone kid you. Christian life isn't easy, and many people who claim the name of Christ are out there preaching an easy gospel. And they're telling anybody who will listen that once you come to Jesus, all of your problems are over. Never have any more financial issues. You'll never have any more health issues. Whatever it is. Well, my life hadn't been that way. Satan is on the attack. Make no mistake about it. 
This country is more anti-Christian than it's ever been. Our values as Christians are under attack more than at any time in our nation's history. And some of the things that our kids are being taught in school today would have landed you in jail just a few years ago. Folks, we don't even know what bathroom to use anymore. Now, I know those are strong words, and, and they're certainly accurate words. But one thing I have to say before we move on, we're not going to change anybody's mind, much less win souls to Christ by acting the way we see Christians behaving on television and social media. We must tell the truth to be sure. As my pastor says, don't hear what I'm not saying. We must tell the truth. But we've got to tell the truth with love in our hearts. Too often we come across these situations and our solution is just to throw some Bible at somebody and walk away with a false sense of righteousness. Righteousness, Like, hey, I won that one. We have to be willing to have real heartfelt conversations with people. And we forget sometimes that half of a conversation involves listening. If someone knows you care enough to listen, they're more likely to listen to you in return. Remember what Jesus told the scribe in Mark 12. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The truth, men and women, but the truth told in love. Which as another pastor of mine used to say, that's easy preaching but hard living. Everything that God has done in my life is why I'm so passionate about Grand Slam Ministries. I won't go through the entire process of how it came to be because we don't have that kind of time, but I, I will tell you that it was a period of over two years from the time that I first began to feel like he was doing something in my life and I did not know what it was to get to where we are today. And when I, I finally, finally said, okay, Lord, let's go, you're going to have to knock down obstacles, he knocked every single one of them down, including our friends at the Internal Revenue Service who said, and this was January of 22, we were kind of coming out of COVID and, and they were still using COVID as an excuse when I got ready to file the 501c3 online. They were saying it could be six, or eight, six to eight months before we get to this. I think we all know over the last couple of decades that Christian organizations in the Internal Revenue Service have not been exactly dinner guests at one another's houses. But taking them at their word, they said because of the COVID backlog, six to eight months, my, my tax guy told me the same thing. He said, you can proceed as if you've been approved until they tell you you're not. So the day came, I put the information in, put the credit card info in, and right before I hit the button, I just dropped my head very quickly and simply said, Lord, get this into the hands of the right person. Hit the button. Six weeks. They approved it Amen. in six weeks. Amen. So if I had any questions about, is this where you want me, God? If he can get the IRS to do something in six weeks that they said would take six to eight months? I, I think, yeah, this is where we're going. 
So what is Grand Slam Ministries? What will it do? Slam is an acronym for Serve, Love, and Mentor. And I want to talk about a couple of those things here very quickly. Starting with mentorship. Men are being emasculated in society today. We have to lead young men to Christ and then teach them to be strong Christian men and then need to teach those men how to be strong Christian husbands, fathers, and leaders in our communities and in the church. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, in 2020, the absence of a father in a home means that a child is four times at greater risk for poverty, seven times more likely to become a pregnant teen, two times more likely to drop out of high school, more likely to have behavioral problems, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, more likely to commit a crime, more likely to go to prison. This is the same government, by the way, who's doing everything in its power right now to tell us that the traditional family doesn't matter anymore. And as Christian men, I'm here to tell you, we are in dangerous territory if we neglect our responsibilities. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if any man provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. There are men in our churches and our communities who need help. My mentors, when I got saved, my life, as I told you, was a mess. They came alongside me not only from a spiritual standpoint, but from a practical standpoint, helping me redo my resume and sharpening up job hunting skills. And we have men in our communities and our churches who need that kind of mentorship as well as walking them through the Bible. Middle school and high school boys we come in contact with need guidance. And I've had the opportunity to speak to the middle schoolers at our church. I'm a deacon at Utica Baptist in Seneca. I've spoken to them a couple of times in the last year, year and a half. They are a confused, messed up bunch. Getting so much thrown at them. And my own daughters told me that when they came through middle school, this is after they graduated, but they said they faced more junk in middle school than they did in high school. So we need to be praying for those, those youngsters. And one other thought on mentorship, I've been focusing on the men, but you ladies, this goes for you too, with the young girls and women in this church. It's your responsibility as well. Speaking of children, that's another one of our core missions. There are kids right here in this community, just like there are in mine, who leave school on Friday and they don't eat anything until they come back to school on Monday. And again, I don't know how well you can see this graphic, but according to the U.S. Census Bureau, here in the state of South Carolina, there are more children living below the poverty line in this state than the national average. And that's in every single ethnic and racial category. None excluded. Now, we have our problems in this country, but the last time I checked, we're still the most affluent country in the world. Our kids need food and other necessities, basics that will give them the best chance to flourish instead of becoming just another stat. And then it all is, is coming together under a, a new radio show which started on January the 8th, cleverly titled The Dan Scott Show. That way I don't forget the name. Our flagship station is 94.5 FM, The Answer, the, the Salem station. It's a Christian-owned company. Sunday night, 7 to 8 p.m., 100,000-watt FM signal that booms into four states. 
were paying to be on that one. And I made up my mind after some previous failures of other stuff early on, after I got saved, I went from not being a Christian to going to be super Christian in a matter of just a couple of days, Kenny, and found out very quickly that when you get ahead of God, things go horribly wrong. So through his provision, over the course of about eight or nine months, we were able to raise the money to prepay the first full year of airtime, over $10,000, to solidify and give this thing a chance to grow. And since then, he's added 10 other affiliates for free. Amen. There are 11 stations carrying our show now, five over the air, six internet only. One of the internet stations is in Paisley, Scotland, who came on the air in 2020 and has already surpassed 100 million downloads and listens. And I was hoping to be able to announce a 12th affiliate today. It's not official yet, but God willing, if things work out, we're going to be on an over-the-air radio station maybe as soon as next week, serving the tri-city area of Kingsport, Johnson City, and Bristol Amen. in Tennessee. So just pray that that comes together. God has blessed me with the ability to communicate effectively. He's given me access to people from all walks of life, professional athletes, nationally known celebrities, and then everyday people like you and me who are Christians and they're looking for an outlet that they can trust to tell their story. God is still working in the lives of men and women, folks. And this radio show is telling those stories. You're not hearing them, by and large, in the mainstream media. And I won't run you through every guest that we've had in the first 18 weeks. Today is the 18th episode. But we've had the actor T.C. Stallings from War Room. Remember that movie, the lead actor? He's been on with us, comedian Jeff Allen, who's a funny man who went from being an alcoholic, drug-addicted atheist to now for the past 30 years, using comedy as a way to share the gospel. David Stein, some of you may remember him from the Tiger Tailgate Show and the Clemson Network. He was an a, uh, alcoholic, drug-addicted atheist of his own right, and now he's the campus pastor of a church in Atlanta. Jewish. Did I mention Jewish, by the way? At least culturally Jewish. That's how he grew up. And on and on and on. Today's guest is a former big leaguer named Daryl Cheney who played with the Big Red Machine and played for the Atlanta Braves and what God has done in his life and, and what he has done starting in his playing career, but what he's done in 45 years after in the corporate world and, and sharing his faith and the, the way God has blessed him. It's just an incredible thing. But the show, besides telling those stories, is also going to serve as the primary source to highlight the issues that we just discussed, mentorship and and helping children, drawing attention to the needs, raising money to either start programs or coming along excited existing programs to combat these issues. And we're getting close to the end, kids, I promise. But I want to ask you three questions. Question number one, do you believe our teenage boys and young men need to be mentored and discipled? On how to be biblical husbands, fathers, and the leaders God calls us to be. Do you believe that? Number two, do you believe that we as Christians need to make a commitment to the children in this area and beyond the walls of this church and this community, making sure they have food to eat, clothes to wear, and basic educational and electronic necessities to allow them not just to survive, but to flourish? Do you believe that? 
Do you believe God is still working in people's lives today and those stories need to be told? I saw a lot of heads nodding and I heard a few amens. If you believe that, I'm asking you to come alongside Grand Slam Ministries as we launch into our mission. And I'll just give you a very quick synopsis of what we need. First of all, above and beyond anything else, we need prayer. As I mentioned, for God's will. He has to lead this thing. And I have to follow. And if it gets out of whack, it's going to crash and burn. I need somebody who can come in and do the fundraising and grant writing. Somebody with that experience. A lot of the other things that I've tried failed because I thought I could do everything. I, I finally know that I can't. took me a lot of hard lessons, Kenny, to learn that. God put somebody in our organization, our lives, to get our website started. And it's a beautiful site if you've been there. I need somebody who can manage it because I know nothing about WordPress. And then, of course, financial support. We need help from individuals, corporations, and churches. And I'm not going to stay on this point, but if you decide after hearing something today that you'd like to help, then I've got some information that I can give you uh, after we close. Now, we're going into wrap-up mode. There are going to be no more slides except for the last one. That's going to stay up there. I want you to listen to what I have to say because I want to circle back to where we started. I'm not standing here before you people today if it's not for the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I firmly believe that Angela and I would be divorced and I'd likely be dead if I hadn't given my life to Christ. And we began this morning by talking about King Solomon. At the end of Ecclesiastes, he said in Ecclesiastes 12.1, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. And then in the final two verses of that same chapter, Solomon brings it all home. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. (coughs) Young people, and I'll let you decide what's young. Could be nine, could be ninety. Listen to me. Nothing you do escapes the eyes of God. You can hide things from your friends. You can hide things from your family. You can hide things from your teachers, your coaches, your boss. You can even hide things from your pastor. But God sees everything. And I can still see my dad standing behind the pulpit in that small church back in West Virginia years ago, time after time, saying, the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. And I'm here to tell you that they do. And if they haven't already, they're going to. Solomon had it all, but it wasn't enough. I was trying to find peace in the pleasures that the world offered, but it wasn't enough. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But he wasn't talking about the kind of abundance, the kind of excess of Solomon. Jesus meant a life of spiritual abundance, a life dedicated to him, 
a life that He will bless for your faithfulness. Society and culture today bombard all of us, but especially the young ones, like some of you here this morning. The world says, get as much money as you can, grab as much power as you can, have as much sex as you can, none of it matters. Go big or go home, the world says. But Jesus said, deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And just so we're clear on this, when he said take up your cross in that day, that's like saying take up your electric chair this, this day. He was saying you have to be willing to die. The rewards of heaven are far beyond anything on this earth. So far beyond anything that Solomon accumulated. And Jesus will give you those rewards one day if you commit your life to him now. And remember a minute ago when we talked about how anti-Christian the world is? Jesus warned us that would be the case. And he says, follow me anyway. John 16, Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. And then he said, in the world you shall have tribulation. He didn't say, you might. He didn't say, it's possible. He didn't say it could happen. He said, you will have tribulation. But aren't you thankful that there's one more line to that verse? Because at the end of John 16, 33, Jesus said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's a promise that we need to be holding on to today more than ever. With everything going on around us, Jesus has overcome the world. So as I close, my prayer this morning is that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you'll settle that matter once and for all right here today. And my prayer remains the same now. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can take care of that today. And I hope that you will. We'll talk more about that on the other side when we come back to close out this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show in just a moment. Every day there are children who leave school on Friday and eat little, and sometimes nothing, until they come back to school on Monday. It happens in every community, including yours. Many of these children live in circumstances that deprive them of basic needs necessary for a quality life. At Grand Slam Ministries, we want to change that. We want to invest in our children, giving them hope for the future. That investment includes necessities such as food, clothing, school supplies, and a safe environment to play, to study, to live. Please visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our ministry and how you can help. We're just getting started. Will you come alongside us for the children's sake? Again, that's grandslamministries.org. Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. We are back to put a quick wrap on this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. 
and I just want to reiterate something as we go out. The best decision that I ever made was giving my life to Jesus Christ on June the 10th of 2012. As you heard in my talk, I was on the verge of losing everything and everyone that I love because of the sin in my life, because of my behavior. And it was only through the saving grace of Jesus Christ that my life turned around the way it did, the radical change, the miracle that he did in my life. If you are listening to this today and any part of this has resonated with you, I pray that you'll reach out. Every time that I speak and give my testimony, it's inevitable. Somebody comes up to me and says, you know, that was me or this part of your testimony really spoke to me because that's what I was living in. And what you have to come to understand is that, A, you're never too far gone for Christ, and B, there's nothing you can do on your own to change your circumstances. You can't say, well, let me get my life turned around, and then I'll go to church and talk about giving my life to Christ. It doesn't work that way. You can't do anything in your human power to change your circumstances. So bring yourself to Christ. Bring yourself to the foot of the cross. He will do all the work in you. That's what you have to understand. And I pray, as we get set to close out today, that if you are feeling that that tug from the Holy Spirit, don't ignore it. Eternal life can begin for you today. Call the Grand Slam Ministries phone number, 864-788-9596, 864-788-9596, or email me, Dan at danscottshow.org, and I will talk you through it. I will help you. I will pray with you. I will listen to you as you just pour your heart out to me. And if not me, find the pastor of your local church and go talk to him. The bottom line is Jesus is calling, and he's waiting on you to respond. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. Until then, I'm Dan Scott. God bless you. So long, everybody. Thank you.